You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Uh, so hello, everybody. This is uh, Live at the Table, the Comedy Cellar, and um, we're going to do a special show today about uh, something which has um, been on my mind a lot, which is masks and what they can do to help us get out of this COVID predicament. Of course, we're here, as always, with Mr. Dan Natterman. Hello, Daniel. How do you do? Um, uh, is that a green screen, or are you actually uh, cracking? I'm not in, I, I assume this is somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. It certainly looks like that, but uh, I'm on, on the Upper East Side. Oh, it looked tropical to me. All right. No, and, it's, uh, it's kind of... Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Mount St. Helens or something? Anyway, right. and, uh, Periel Ashenbrand, um, uh, who uh, the, the author of... I can't even say the title of her book. Anyway, uh, I, so I saw an article um, at the... Um, what's the name of the website? This Tony Blair organizational website about the importance of masks for exiting lockdowns and... Um, I immediately wanted to get a hold of the people who were involved in this. So we have Ryan Wayne, who's an advisor to Tony Blair, who, uh, for Periel's sake, was a former prime minister of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> worked extensively on COVID-19 response, including uh, looking at the role masks can play, setting out a strategy for mass testing. Prior to politics, he held a senior position within the ad industry, like advertisement industry? Yeah, as well, like Mad Men, but a really crap version. Uh, and um, Dakai, uh, is, I don't know if this is a stage direction. I'm supposed to say this is a two-word mononym. Always. No, you don't have to say that. His title is a professor of computer science and engineering, University of Science and Technology, Hong Kong, distinguished research scholar, International Computer Science Institute, Berkeley. Um, he he's involved in AI and machine learning, and the, named a founding fellow and the Association for Computational Linguistics for Breakthroughs that led to Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, Translate, board member of the Future Society, named inaugural member in 2019 by Google to its AI Ethics Council. Holy, that is a, that's an incredible uh, resume. You guys, I, the bubble over his head is like, how did I get myself into this? <laughs> but, but uh, okay, so look, I've been saying for a long time on this show that um, given what we know about growth, just using compound interest as an analogy, that any slight, anything that could have helped slightly 100 days ago would have had drastic consequences by now. And that led me to start looking into masks. And what I found was a lot of literature which suggested that masks alone could bring the R-naught below zero and could actually get us out of this situation and could have avoided it but could get us out of it so let's start on my screen you're left to right so Dakai, tell us about that and then ryan can add in go ahead so you know i'm i'm actually both in hong kong at and at berkeley regularly outside of these weird coronavirus times i'm going back and forth and so one of the things that hit me very early on was this um, dissonance between the way that Hong Kong was treating it and the way that the US was treating it. Uh, in Hong Kong, already in January, people started masking up. 
people started paying attention to the WHO warnings uh, already in late December. And our university was to start the spring semester February 1st. Throughout January, it was already discussing heavily, planning, what if we don't open physically? What if we have to go online, delay the start of the semester? We did all of that. We've never opened up. This, none of the schools in Hong Kong uh, have opened up until uh, literally today, they're going to start uh, a half-time uh, approach to getting the kids back into the schools. We have had to date four deaths in Hong Kong the entire time. We have had only a couple hundred local transmission cases. The vast majority of cases that we have had have been people coming in from Europe, from the US, from other parts. And this is in Hong Kong, where we have far more people coming in from mainland China and uh, you know even Wuhan in the early days. Uh, and so um, it really started um, uh, worrying me. Uh, by February, in the discussion groups about the coronavirus that, you know, all of us are in 15 different groups about that, uh, you know, I, I found myself having to say over and over, why is the conversation in the Western media not even talking about masking? You know, there was this conversation about uh, physical uh, distancing, social distancing, which regions were doing contact tracing, which regions were doing testing. And it wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't even brought up. Right. Um, you go to the, you, you know, the WHO data, the Johns Hopkins data and so forth. Uh, they have columns for everything except for masking. And so after the fifth time I had to push this into the group, I was like, where is this unconscious bias coming from that we're not even talking about this? Because, you know, it's not just Hong Kong. It is 100% of the countries that have been successful in suppressing the virus, uh, exponential spread or driving it down from early exponential uh, spread, for example, South Korea. 100% correlation of the countries that uh, and regions that have actually implemented universal masking, either as a culture or as a policy, and, and success. And 100%. 100%. 100%. So our study is showing that. And, and if you look at uh, the converse, uh, it's about 100% of the countries that have not had that uh, kind of policy where after the initial outbreak, uh, they've gone exponential with the spread. So now correlation is not causation, but we don't have any more than that for social distancing either. Uh, we don't have exact numbers on the effect, efficacy of testing and tracing either. Nobody is saying, oh, we shouldn't do any of these things until we have 100% scientific proof, which of course, you know, isn't going to happen for another six months. Right. Uh, and according to our, our modeling, uh, we, and we've introduced two new models in our work, um, we, are, we, we are rapidly running out of time. Uh, if you don't start masking up by about day 50 and have the majority of your population masked up, 80, 90%, then it becomes too late. If only half your population masks up, it has basically no significant effect at all because of the exponential spread uh, that you were talking about, Noam. Uh, if you wait until about day 75, it's also too late because you've let it spread too far. And, uh, you know, there, so, so this is not countrywide. The U.S. has gotten hit in different places at different stages. 
Uh, New York obviously, unfortunately, got hit early and hard. Um, it's way past uh, day 50 for New York. But for many parts of the country that are maybe more spread out, uh, there is still time for people to get masked up. And this is super urgent. So, Ryan, do you, do you want to add something to that? Or should I add, ask, the, can I follow up question on that? Ask a follow up question. Yeah. So, so isn't it, we're way past day 50, but isn't it also always still day one in the sense of uh, prospectively, the, the cases that are out there already will resolve one way or another. And among all the people who haven't gotten it yet, we're still at day one for the next, you know, 50 days. So what would, what would be the, the effect of all masking uh, up now? Absolutely. Because New York has, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was going to ask that for, for, for Ryan. I'm sorry. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry. Could you say that again? I didn't think that oh. was with Dekai. <laughs> well, what I was saying is that he, uh, um, Dekai was talking about we're, we're way past day 50 here, but I'm saying mm. in another sense, we're always at day one. Mm. There's the next future of the people who have not yet caught the virus. So what would, yes. what, what is your take on what the effect of masking up today would be? Yeah. So it's, it's important actually to, to keep reminding ourselves that whilst Every day we don't do something, we are running out of time. That shouldn't stop us introducing measures even now. And I think what we did with our paper was really try and make a plea to the UK government to reconsider masks culturally. So some of the points that Dikai makes where it just wasn't even on the government's radar at all to, to use masks. But then also trying to, to shift the, the, the lens, if you like, through which masks are viewed in terms of the roles they can play. This is where I think it answers your question in terms of what can happen now. When we talk about masks, we don't mean masks to protect the wearer. This is a really important point. We want to see mass, mask wearing to protect people outside of the wearer. And so what we mean by that is the masks form a transmission, a barrier to the droplets of infected people. And therefore, they prevent other people getting infected as opposed to the individual themselves. So to the Kai's point, it makes absolute sense then to roll out mass to as many people as possible. We basically want mass um, population coverage of these so that no one is transmitting the virus to anyone else. So raising to your question, if we introduce it now, sure, there is some, there's a significant number of infected people. Now, lockdowns play the part in reducing that. But those who are infected, they're forced or mandated to wear a mask. It's going to reduce the number of people who they can then infect. And going right back to what you said at the beginning, that is going to have a positive, pretty dramatic impact, actually, on the, the R rate, which is the thing that we're all trying to grapple with and pull down. So, okay, so let me, so f for instance, just because um, I find that people pay attention more when I put stuff up on the, on the screen. Oh, I, you, Periel disabled uh, screen sharing for some reason. Okay. Can, Can I ask Dekai? I mean, uh, you, so this 50-day thing, you, you're not, is you, are you saying that it's too late? Are you uh, contradicting well, Ryan in that regard with regard to New York, that it's too late uh, to, to wear masks? Right. No, this is, this is um, absolutely an important qualification. So in the models that we built, these were assuming scenarios where you, you just you didn't do anything. And comparing that with situations where you actually put on masks uh, at different levels, what New York did was they New York actually clamped down really hard, uh, and and because of that, all of those NPIs, all of those you know non-pharmaceutical interventions, helped to 
uh, start containing it again. So exactly as Noam was saying, uh, now New York is driving local transmission back down. And so that effectively brings us back to an early, earlier stage. Now, of course, a, a much higher percentage of the population probably has already been infected. We'll know for sure the number is only much later. Uh, but because of that, it is once again important, especially as we start lifting lockdown measures, to mask up because we've pushed the, the timeline back a little bit before day 50. Uh, the day 50 is if you are not doing very much of anything, right? And obviously New York has been doing a lot. So it is absolutely critical uh, to mask up as we start lifting down the mat. The, the measures and then to do the testing and the tracing mm. really hard so that if we start experiencing second waves as many other countries and regions that have been trying to lift lockdowns have experienced then we have to sort of um, uh, crack down a little bit harder on that until we drive it down again so there may be successive wet spikes uh, and then everybody sort of has to say okay let's back off a little bit and then um, try again a little bit. So, Wearing is the best way to uh, help to increase our odds uh, as we try try and attempt to do that. So I want to come back to contact tracing in a second, actually. But so, so just to, there's a headline here from Vanity Fair. You can see it, right? 80%, if 80% of Americans wore masks, a new study would say infections would plummet. Now, when I, when I hear that, I'm like, well, there's no such thing as Plummeting, um, plummeting is is a is a direction, and the direction either continues down to zero or it continues, you know, to herd immunity. So when I when I see plummet, I see the end of the light at the end of the tunnel um, as it continues plummet. Is that headline accurate in your estimation? Whoever wants to answer that, I mean, you just look at Hong Kong. Uh, uh, sorry, right? Shall we take turn? I mean, um, Hong Kong, we actually have experienced that plummet. We went 23 days recently in a row with no local transmissions. Wow. That's plummeting. Incredible. So I'll show you, and I'll just show you. So there's like, there's new, something came out. I saw it on Marginal Revolution. You guys check out Marginal Revolution, uh, Tyler Cowen's side from time to time. So he had this new paper, Critical Levels of Mask Efficiency and Mask Adoption of Theoretically Extinguished Respiratory Virus. There was this study that I think you guys had this same graph here. This um, mm, That's right yellow to blue thing. I'd seen that like two or three weeks ago, this came out, if not more. Yep. And it, essentially it says basically if the masks, if the, if 80% of the people wear masks and the masks are 80% efficient or even less than that, looks like 70 and 70 or something, um, that would be enough to bring the R naught below zero. So what I'm, what I'm wondering if I could get you guys to do, do me a favor. Can you write a paper, um, you know, in, in the, serve something up to the social media beast that you know is there and, and write a paper telling us how to get out of this dilemma. You know, saying, you know, your, your, your um, plan for ending the coronavirus, and, and like my plan would be as follows, if I could do it, I'd say everybody in New York City is going to wear a mask inside out or outside. Inside or outside, no matter what. We're not going to have cops with tape measures figuring out how far apart you are. We're not going to have people separating and then the cop comes back and then you, I mean, the cop comes over, you move apart. And then as soon as the cop goes away, you, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm butchering my language here. Let me relax. 
We're not going to have cops walking over telling you to separate. Then you separate. Then as soon as the cop comes back, you, you huddle back together again. It needs to be like a $1,000 fine, treated as serious as reckless driving or whatever it is. Everybody wears a mask or you stay home. Then we open up and then we see how it goes. And if we see that it's going well, then we can begin to relax each restriction one by one according to what we think would do the least, have the least impact. So maybe people outside in the park no longer have to wear a mask. And one by one, until we find out what works. And that's the plan because right now we, nobody's actually offered up a plan to New York of how to do it. We, we see data, masks work, this work, that works, but I think they need to be spoon fed a plan that will go around so the leaders say, ah, oh, this guy, Dakai and Ryan have the plan here and, and, and they modeled it and it works. And then pressure builds to, a, to, a, to adopt that plan. And before you know it, you guys could be winning a Nobel, a Nobel Prize. <laughs> What's that say? So uh, this, this was you our plan. You can't see it because of your virtual background. Okay, now we can see it. So, so this was our white paper, yeah. Universal Masking uh, to Restart Society uh, and Save Lives. Uh, it's available from our uh, project resources page, which you can get to from my URL. Uh, it's, my URL is just dek.ai, uh, and there's a bright red banner to the COVID-19 project. Um, we do believe that uh, universal masking is a very strong component of that entire picture. It's, we're not saying not to do the contact tracing, not to do the testing or the physical distancing. We should do that. Uh, but universal masking uh, has been used successfully in every region that has been able to do the sorts of things that Hong Kong has done. Um, but, but I, I mean, I, obviously, I, I read that because that's what um, made me want to get you guys on. But it's quite, this is not a criticism, just, it's just, it's quite long and academic, and it's not going to grab the everyday audience. Yeah. And I, and I like if, if there was some way in like two paragraphs to just like bullet points to, to get this out, if CNN covered this one night, you'd see tremendous pressure. Like if you guys could get on CNN or, or one of these shows, because I think you have the answer here. Now, what do you think of the Dwarman plan for reopening New York? <laughs> you, you think I, I like it. I like it. I think we should do a little bit of a joint cameo on CNN and we'll, we'll take the world by storm. One of the, one of the one of the key things this so i get excited with my background in advertising now in politics about that little venn diagram so when politics meets advertising that space in the middle that's when stuff starts to happen so exactly what you're talking about how can we get this down into a very simple one page document that people see and say okay here's the five things that we need to do and right at the top of that list is mass mask wearing the problem we found in the uk is that as soon as you start putting solutions on the table Everyone in government lines up to tell you about why we can't do that thing. So the strategy and the plan, I think, is actually the easy bit. It's the delivery and the implementation of it. And the biggest barrier we heard when it came to masks, which is mind-blowing when you think about it, is that if everyone was mandated to wear a mask, then there wouldn't be enough masks for the people who really need them on the front line. It's absolute rubbish. And this is why we try to shift the role and purpose of masks from protecting the wearer to protecting others from transmission. Because even just covering your face with a sock, so stopping fluid and droplets leaving your mouth, 
has a big impact on your neighbour. And it's starting to change the mindset a little bit of the individual and the citizen too, to really start thinking about other people rather than themselves. And I think there's something quite compelling about that. I think we're in an age when, as a message, as a piece of communications, being able to say to people, look, here's how you can do your bit for other people could be quite compelling. And wearing a mask is one of those things. One of the things that struck me in that other paper I showed, which was had a lot of like high level calculus and stuff, but one thing I did seem to glean from it is that um, the, the, the effectiveness of the mask is squared if two people wear it, such mm-hmm. that if two people wear rags over their face, it might be more effective than a single person wearing an N95 mask. Did I get that right? That's what it seemed to be saying. This is actually, in fact, what the simulation that we put online that everybody can try does. Because in this simulation, so so there's this four-minute explainer YouTube video on how to do this, and it actually shows the um, uh, a bunch of sliders that you can play with, and those there are two sliders that control the mask transmission rate and the mask absorption rate. So the transmission rate is how effective the mask is at stopping particles from getting out when you exhale. And the absorption rate is when uh, you're inhaling, how effective it is at stopping that. So those two parameters together, you can dial in your own assumptions. So if you decide, okay, I'm going to make my homemade mask out of um, fishnet, uh, then you can just go ahead and set your sliders down to zero, um, both of them. Uh, but then you can also say, you know, well, I'm going to build this kind of um, a cloth mask and it's not going to have any um, coffee filters in it or whatever. And so then you can just uh, set it to whatever efficacy you want to. And because you can control those separately, th- this model, which is the, the one that's sort of running in my background right now, uh, will actually let you see for yourself the impact when uh, people are wearing masks and, and how that, that combines in both the transmission and absorption direction. And you can, get, you can see that if, in case someone's uh, listening but not watching, dek.ai, H-T-T-P, dek.ai. I don't know AI was uh, uh, an extension on the internet. Um, okay, actually, I actually played with that. It's pretty interesting. Um, uh, contact tracing. So... Am I wrong here? Because a lot of people keep telling me about how important it is to wash my hands and how much virus is being spread by touching surfaces and stuff. And to me, that calls that I don't believe that's really true or people really believe it's true because if that were the case, then how far could contact tracing get us? If people were catching viruses by touching stuff an hour after someone else was in the restaurant or something, um, would contact tracing even work that well? Contact tracing, I think, could have a profound impact on containing the virus because if you think about how it works, if I'm in your proximity, and even if there's a small chance that I've passed on the virus to you, I don't know, by coughing over your shoulder or wiping my hand accidentally on your face, which is something I have been known to do, then contact tracing will mean that we can identify. uh, You'll get an alert on your phone, say, and it'll tell you to to self-isolate. Or, and this is really crucial, if you've got a proper testing strategy in place, so if states and countries have built up their test capacity, you'll get an alert on your phone saying that you come to contact with someone who has got COVID-19 or has exhibited the symptoms of COVID-19. And therefore, 
you can go for a test and then that test come back positive or negative. If you come back positive, then that then triggers a chain of interactions with people you've come into contact with. And what you're doing is, you, you know, you're, you're outrunning the virus. At the moment, we're just letting the virus outrun us. Obviously, lockdown's a little bit different from that and, and stops it. But out of lockdown, you're letting the virus run at its own pace. Whereas what we're trying to do here with contact tracing is saying, okay, you, you, you might have it. Step back from society, lock yourselves down. Let everyone else carry on as normal. And then if the virus is isolated, you can sort of out might then disappear. And that has a positive impact then on the, the R rate, which puts it below um, one. So, and is there a, so, so, but that implies that most people are getting it by being in close proximity to each other rather than touching something that somebody touched yesterday, right? Yeah, and, that, and, and pap- the, the papers we've looked at certainly show that most of the transmissions happen uh, in, hi- in households, actually, and on public transport, so in small contained uh, spaces. What What about um, wearing masks? Because most of the you know most of the things that are shut down right now in New York are bars, restaurants. Of course, Noam's a comedy club owner. That's been shut down. Uh, places where people eat and drink. So if we're going to use masks, how are we going to do it in restaurants and bars and places that serve food and drink? Or we cannot. You're saying, uh, or you're saying that that has to wait until the virus is completely gone. So in Hong Kong, the restaurants have never been shut down. Uh, All we've done is uh, the sensible physical distancing. So tables were set apart by six feet. uh, And uh, we had, you know, each table would would have a maximum of four people at it. Uh, That has since been relaxed to eight people at at a table. Um, we, We have had no, you know, obviously you take off your masks as you're eating and drinking. and so because of this combination, we haven't needed to uh, close down the restaurants. Are people um, wearing masks in between taking a bite, taking a sip, or are they just going masks no. altogether? No, once they sit down at the table and the food is served, they basically take off the mask for the duration of the meal. Now, is, is that, so, so that would be great. Is there any possibility of something? I, I remember reading, I'm going to get it wrong, but there's some – childhood vaccine that apparently is common in Asia that's not common in the West. And some people speculated maybe that vaccine gave some advantage to people from Asia. You know what I'm referring to? Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's accurate. It fails to account for the fact that actually uh, the infection rates in Asian Americans, uh, as well as some other countries, is also like half of that of the rest of the population. Yeah. This has to do with this acceptance of hygiene. You know, it's it's masking. It's it's also you know taking shoes off at the door and other things like that. So um, I there there's really strong cultural tendencies. I don't think it's you know some vaccine somebody has had. Periel, uh, you're almost at half an hour. Do you want to do you want to say something, Periel? Um. I mean, my understanding from everything that I've read um, is that one of the biggest issues you have here in this country is just the sheer idiocy and arrogance of people thinking that their freedom is somehow being, you know, oppressed by them having to wear masks, which I've been arguing with people about recently on Facebook, actually, um, which is generally a practice I never engage in. Um, But it's, I mean, to what, to Ryan's point, I mean, 
it's just astonishing. And I think America might be the only place in the world, although what Ryan is saying is suggesting that perhaps that's not the case, where you could even imagine that that would be a thought that occurred to somebody. That- well, I want to I say a word on behalf of the American public. Nobody's actually explained this to them. Like, like every, every person we speak to and I start showing them these headlines and showing them some studies, they're like, this can't be right because I would have heard about this on the news already. You know, like they, they think they don't want to wear masks because it's a total waste of time or it's silly or whatever it is. They've been told that they don't work or they're told they're even they're counterproductive. I, I think that they need to, there's a, re- a real failure of our media here to really present statistics and facts so people i mean who wouldn't wear a mask if they believed that would prevent them from getting covid19 like who who wouldn't wear a mask and i you know i have to say that we've been making progress on that uh on that forefront um you know probably about 80 percent, according to the latest surveys of americans actually are on board now with the masks uh but what we hear about on the news is primarily whatever the other 20 some percent are uh and uh, I think that this is, you know, still residual from thinking about masks as something that we use to protect ourselves. It's not. We use masks to protect the community from ourselves. And I think that the way we have to explain it has to do with, you know, think about this. We, if we get attacked uh, by whatever terrorists or something, and you know, they kill three, four thousand of us, uh, uh, you know, we go to all sorts of things to like put that kind of um, uh, attack down, right? right? We are asked to go to a wartime footing. Uh, you know, people have to suit up for war and go overseas and, you know, um, go into the trenches almost. Um, that is a lot of defending our country. And Americans everywhere are on board with that. It has nothing to do with which side of this issue you're on. And we have to understand that when we've got an enemy that is killing three or 4,000 of us per day in the U.S., that we have to fight that enemy and we have to defend our country and our community. Uh, that is our patriotic duty. I, I agree with you very much. All right. Well, I, I mean, I have a few contacts with some journalists who are, um, who are on television, and um, I'm going to make sure that they see this because on top of being really, really smart, you're both quite telegenic. And uh, <laughs> no, really, like you have, have an awesome look. And I, I really think that um, if people heard this stuff, it could really catch on. And, um, you know, we all want this to end. So I, by the way, the, uh, I sent you an article uh, in the New York Post. It was more of a rant than an article, basically saying, open the fuck up now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they feel about that. I'm... I'm I'm not that sympathetic to that. I, I want to open the fuck up responsibly with everybody wearing masks. Then, yeah. then I'd be like, yeah. The lockdown was important because it, it suppressed the virus and it, it bought us time. The question you've got to ask is how well have governments used that time that it's bought? So have they introduced test and trace facilities and infrastructure? Not in the UK. It's been poor. I think similar in the US. Have they made the case about masks to the population? And critically, have they started to onshore manufacture of masks, which is a very, very easy thing to do? The answer is no. So real. It's, way, it's a real I challenge. Out, we've, got to make a, we've got to make the case for it. And, and I agree. I think communication is absolutely critical to all of this. And 
if people understood it was their civic duty and, you know, you rarely spoke to the head and the heart, I think it could be quite a powerful message to get across and people would, would listen to it. And we've got a phenomenal case study in what's happened across Asia and just how quickly those guys put on a mask when they knew there was a crisis and challenge. And, and the case speaks brilliantly to that. So I think, you know, we're, we're, we're all aligned on this, right? When I, when I go outside here in New York, I will say that I, at least in New York City, and I don't know if this represents everybody, but most people are on board with the masks. I would say uh, about 90% of the population that I see outside are wearing masks, and every store requires you to have a mask to get in the store. Mm. So, um, so I think the New Yorkers are, you know, on board with that. I see a lot. Or I see them wearing half a mask or taking yeah, I see, yeah, yeah, hanging over their chin while they're, like, screaming onto their cell phone <laughs> and, like, spitting all over the place. By the way, even, I, I, even I'm a little bit of mask wearing is good. Go ahead. I'm afraid that well, yeah, one cultural problem um, difference between America and Asian countries is that people will turn off their contact tracing apps here. If they, they have it, they're just going to, I don't want anybody to know I had it. And they're just going to, they're just going to shut that cell phone off. Um, so I worry about that actually not panning out, but I guess it can't, I guess it can't hurt. You never know. The law of and, and you know, the, the solution is always going to be a combination of different measures. And what we can't do is just look at one, one solution as as the silver bullet. It's it's having a combination of things, which none of them will you know will work 100. percent There'll be people who wear masks that are a little bit skew with, or you know they they use a sock that's got a hole in it, <laughs> so on and so forth. And we, the fact is, if you have three or four measures at play simultaneously that will do enough to start bringing the R rate down. And, you'll, you know, we can live a relatively normal life, make sure the economy is not falling apart and move from lockdowns where we're suppressing COVID-19 to a new normal where we're just mitigating the virus as and when we can. Right, and the and final we, thought is you said, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the last word after this, that um, uh, Dakai made a comment about fishnets. And I just want to tell Periel, I don't think you should be using your panties as a mask. All right. But go, <laughs> but go, go ahead, Dakai. You can finish up. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is um, a, a positive connection between the different interventions. And so like to do contact tracing effectively, you also have to have testing effectively so that you know which contacts to trace. Um, and, and when you have masking, that helps reinforce with the social distancing because the physical, dis you know, when you're wearing masks, if you're six feet apart from other people wearing masks, that combines to give you much greater effectiveness. Oh, that's so, a good question. How close can we get to each other for wearing masks? I think it's still a good idea to maintain that, that kind of distance if you can. Now, if you're, it's a very small group that you're always hanging around then obviously you can be closer. Uh, but you want to try to reduce the mixing proportions, right? So you don't want too many people who, who don't run into each other all crammed, and normally all crammed together, because then you're just going to increase the chances of spread. And, you know, like there is a lot of evidence that even for countries that had universal masking and succeeded, that, that did not do much contact tracing. Uh, so Japan I, didn't I, do any. Japan, I'm talking the Czech Republic, uh, Slovenia, Slovakia. Uh, they, they didn't have much tracing infrastructure in, but they had the universal masking and they successfully fought down uh, the, the spread of the virus. Japan the is amazing. Goal, was the final goal elimination of the virus or herd Im via, uh, it can't find a host or, or via herd immunity? But just via herd immunity, you might want to encourage people to get it, no? 
I don't think we have a lot of evidence for successive herd immunity yet. That doesn't seem like the, the, you know, to me that really doesn't seem like your default assumption that that's what you should do. Uh, I think countries that are doing that basically, uh, mostly it's because they were underprepared uh, at the beginning and sort of found themselves in a position politically where they had no, not much choice left, uh, whether they acknowledged that that's what they were doing or not. I mean, if, if a vaccine could potentially be coming down in January, let's say, then wearing masks until January, as you said, it, it should be something that pulls us all together. I mean, it, it, it's not asking a lot. We're locked in our homes, losing tens of thousands of dollars, and now you're complaining about wearing a mask? Like, let's just pull together. We should, instead of Rosie the Riveter, we need to have um, Rosie the, uh, uh, what I said, Myrna the Mask maker or something mask maker mask maker make me a mask and all the fact you know I, I never had much faith in the um the, the uh federal government commandeering factories to make ventilators but certainly they could make masks they could make masks there are mask companies banging on the door saying give us space find us a factory we'll move some of our operations from china or we'll, we'll build machines in china that we can import over here it creates jobs for um local people and you're able to onshore supply and make sure that you've got your own distribution. That's it. That gives you security in your supply chains. And it means that you don't end up in a situation, which is where the UK and the US found themselves, you know, in the, in the as COVID took off, which is where you're, you're shouting at China and then you're asking them behind closed doors if they can send over millions of masks at the same time. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, it was, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I, 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 I hope we're doing a public service here, and I really want to try to help you guys get your, your word out. Um, I'm more convinced than ever after just speaking to you and seeing you and, and you know, kind of taking a, a, the temperature of your credibility that I, I, I really, <laughs> no, no, you, you know, it's true. Like we had Alex Berenson on, uh, you know, Alex Berenson, and afterwards I was like, you know, I, I'm just not buying this guy, but um, you guys, I, I feel even more confident about. So um, anyway, be safe. Um, I know we're none of us are wearing masks, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you cause They get the credibility. <laughs> I'm else. sitting in a crowded bar here. Actually, you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and, I, and when if, if they do open the world up again, I'd love to meet you guys in person if you ever want to come down to the comedy cellar and hang out and, and have a Good drink. Um, anything else? That's it. Thank I you so much. If somebody can invent a mask that doesn't kill my ears, I'd be most grateful. Perio, send me the link to this as soon as you possibly can tonight so I can send this. I, I have somebody in mind I want to send it to them. Maybe I will. I have one more question, which is if you guys have to go, you don't, don't feel obligated to stay gnome or damn kid maybe help answer this. So, so wearing a mask I know helps you to not get other people sick, but doesn't it prevent you at all from getting sick? It, it or does that, is that contingent upon if you're wearing a KN95 or a cloth mask? Exactly that. So the disposable surgical masks or the, the custom-made masks, see them as protecting other people. And then the N95 mask with the filtration in, um, the ones that our doctors and nurses wear, they're the ones that protect the wearer. What about the KN95 ones? Yep. Yeah. Those protect the wearer, yeah. And by the way, I, I just bought a hundred of them. They're, they're available on, on the internet. You guys wait one second just for the viewer. One second. Hang on. Yeah, don't don't wear the, uh, the, the masks that have the uh, exhalation valve. That Those are made for medical 
workers who have to be confronting patients for you know 24 hours a day. Uh, and so they're designed to let them exhale with no effort. And you know, there are little flaps that open up on the exhale. That, that will do nothing oh, to help protect your, the people around you. Uh, so, so we need to really, you know, to Ryan's point, separate medical PPE from the kind of non-medical masks that we're talking about here for the general public. That's a huge point. I'm happy. I'm happy you said that. I'm happy we, we stayed on to do that. Go ahead, Perry Alden. Okay, just for um, viewing, well, if we're going to really do a public service announcement, let's do them properly. This is just a cloth. Regular cloth on. You see, I have my little I Love New York sign there. Yeah. This is not going to prevent, this is going to prevent you from getting other people sick, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. This is a disposable surgical mask, which I actually got the last time I was in the comedy cellar before you guys closed. Same, same. I'll protect others. This is a KN95 mask. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Hot. Um, <laughs> okay. Both you and they got to go. Okay, they can go. Oh, well, no, I, I want to go too, actually. Well, you can go in a second. <laughs> um, and the last one is the N95, which are for the doctors and the healthcare workers. Oh, they're the same. K and the N are basically the same from what I understand. No? The N95s are better, right, guys? It depends on the may. They're fairly comparable. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's what I've got. Okay, gentlemen. Really, I can't say it enough. This was fantastic. I really appreciate it. And and please, hopefully, we can talk again uh, when something new happens in this on this issue. Okay. Where can everybody find you guys? Dakai, we have your site up, and Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm at uh, Twitter at uh, Dakai D E K A I one two three. That's my Twitter. Nice. And I'm on Twitter as well. So it's Ryan and then underscore Wayne, which is W-A-I-N. And you can find me on the Tony Blair Institute website as well. Thank you guys so much. You were so nice to come on. And um, it's been nice chatting with you over email too. And I'll Thank let you, you know when this is up. Spread the word. Pleasure. All, All right, guys. guys. You Thank you. And Bye. you can find us at, at Live From The Table on Instagram. And you can email us at podcast at comedyseller.com. Thank okay. you. Bye, everybody. Bye.